Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. It's 2021, bitch. We barely made it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, look, we um, normally would be like, how was your holiday? How was your new year? I don't even know what to say about anything anymore. I feel like my brain is broken and we're supposed to continue on like our lives are normal and they're anything but normal at this point. How are you feeling? Very true. It's funny. I've always been a very cheesy like looking forward to New Year's, looking forward to New Year, new me and like setting unrealistic goals for myself and like feeling fresh and free in January. And it (laughs) is very, very, very hard to be doing that right now. And I sense the community out there of other people who are like me trying desperately to cling on to that right now and the universe is doing everything to take a big crap on their face. <laughs> this week has been so crazy and so impossible and I'll go ahead and say it, I'm trying to do dry January and the world is not making it easy, people. Yeah. Like, I've never needed a glass of wine more in my life. It is, it's a it's a full debacle. I'm, uh, so that's how, that's did, how I am. <laughs> did you want to share your experience about your um special drink that was supposed to get you through dry January or do you want to skip that (laughs) I (laughs) Alyssa came for me because I told her Tony and I were doing dry January and that I was really really missing wine so we had ordered a non-alcoholic wine and she laughed in my face and said bitch we made fun of Dorit for her non-alcoholic champagne and now here you are buying a (laughs) non-alcoholic wine to which I argued I do not think I would ever want, like, I don't want champagne unless it has alcohol in it. But I did want, I thought, okay, I thought I wanted wine, alcohol or no. I was like, I don't miss being wine drunk. I just miss having wine. So if if I had, like, some sort of filler for that, even just ritual part of my day, I would be happy. This wine, you guys, was so disgusting. It was just, it was just really bad grapefruit juice. And, like... It was, we were looking forward to it so much. We cooked steaks. We were trying to sit down. We lit a candle and we toasted with our wine glasses. We were so excited to use again. And Tony spit it back up and laughed in my face. He was like, I'm not drinking this. And I was like, please just pretend with me with one glass. I forced myself to finish one glass. And it was a bummer. So don't rec. I don't recommend. On the other hand, Heineken Zeros really, really hit the spot. So if you're if you're like me and doing Dry January and you want something to scratch that itch, I do recommend a Heineken Zero, but not free or fray f r e the alcohol non alcoholic wine. Don't recommend. Oh my god! Wow. Well, I feel for you. Uh, I okay. Think. <laughs> I don't know, man. My, I'm any goals I had, they're out the window. I'm backsliding. I've sat on my couch for longer than I did over the holidays. I ate more shit. I haven't gone outside all week. I mean, I know there's been days where I'm like, oh, I don't think I've had fresh air in my lungs. Yeah, I'm, I'm too scared. I'm not doing it. Uh, it's definitely it's it's tough. But we've got good TV. It feels like 
part of the chaos this week has also been the fact that The Bachelor premiered so early. Yeah. It's like, I feel very inundated with like just so much information. A lot of it like actual real news. A lot of it is like weird tall Matt James suddenly in my space when I just said bye to Tasha. There's a lot going on. We'll talk about that at the end of the episode, but... Yeah, this week we have our guest is uh, our friends who have a Bachelor podcast who've been on the podcast before, Sarah and Alex Franklin. And so we're going to save our Bachelor talk for the second half of our episode. So if you guys are just here for that, you can go ahead and skip to around like 30 minutes is usually when we start the interview. Um, But if you're here for Bravo stuff, we are going to talk about a fabulous (gasps) episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City this week. I feel like this was the best episode in the season so far. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was great. (laughs) I was having a hard time, like, really getting invested in other episodes of shows we watch, which is, like, how you know everything in the world is fucked up because that's not normal for me. But this was, like, every beat was, like, a huge laugh. Like, from the insane fight that it ended on to, like, just the details of watching Lisa take her kids to an aquarium and, like, try to name what she thought was a baby shark. I would watch an hour of her just try to explain fish to her kids. Like, I love these women so much. They went and they fed the little penguins. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cute. They're feeding the penguins. I know. And then I don't know if you noticed right afterwards, her 16-year-old was eating a donut. And it was it, it had a penguin on it, so he was, like, biting the head off of the penguin donut, and I really felt like those two things should not go hand oh in hand. Oh, my God. I feel like he should be eating, like, a donut with the fish that the penguins eat on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The little... <laughs> Well, this Salt Lake City Aquarium really needs to hire you, Alyssa. <laughs> you are having the big ideas over here. Why I have some merchandising yeah, pitches for the Salt Lake City That reminds me, City did you aquarium. see that uh, Lala got a whale tattoo this week? Oh, no. <laughs> and, it was, and she posted about it being like anti-SeaWorld, but it kind of oh, looks no. like the SeaWorld logo to me. <laughs> so I love taking a stand on SeaWorld this week. What a choice. Man, nothing else you could take a stand on. Just fucking going back to Blackfish. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, What did you like from Salt Lake City? We found out some interesting stuff about Heather, right? Yeah, we found out great stuff about Heather. I think she is just like a comedy genius. I Before I even forget, I, I just like love Jen Shaw's husband being so thrilled thinking that they're going to is it Popeyes yeah I think that's where they thought he thinks they're going to Popeyes and he's so happy about it and that's how every (laughs) surprise I've ever tried to do with Tony has worked for me like I'll be like I'm gonna surprise him with this like really cool thing I've been working on for forever and then I'll either start to give it to him or start to drive somewhere and then he'll be like oh my god are we gonna be courtside for the Sixers game and I'm like no why would you why would you imagine this? That just like the thing he think he's never suggested that, but I'm just thinking of like the most exciting thing that he could think of, and then he'll he'll think of like a better version of what I'm doing, and I just loved I I loved I felt so relatable to me, and even when they showed up to the golfing place and she was like we're golfing, he was like okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing is when a surprise party goes wrong. Like, you know, when they t- went to Dorit's Buco de Beppo baby shower where it was like, oh, my God, how thoughtful of all of you. Like, it's yeah. just such devastation. Um, that was really enjoyable. I have so many questions about um, where their money 
is coming from and so does the internet and every time we see yes. them do expensive shit like this mike is like screaming at the tv like he's not even the coach where's the money <laughs> i feel like we should have had mike come on first when he made that observation because now i've seen other people on instagram and i've listened to other podcasts like just now start to realize that he is like the least important coach that's yes. ever existed in the world of sports and she acts like he's the president of the united states like yes. she <laughs> is like he's always traveling he has so much work there's so much going and it's like we know now we know and now everybody else has caught on and I feel like we were the first to observe it because of what Mike said so but you're I, right where are they paying for all these huge parties I did a little bit of googling I went on a reddit thread none of this is you know verified but here's what the internet is saying so a Potentially, her net worth is supposed to be $3 million because she has, she's the CEO of three marketing companies, which sounds pretty flimsy to me. Um, mm. He allegedly makes $500,000 from his coaching job, which Mike was outraged about. Like, <laughs> he was like, how can they afford to pay all of their assistant coaches that much money? That makes no sense. So he's questioning that as well people on reddit were saying that you know previously we've seen housewives like rent out mansions that have nothing in them and act like they live there and they're richer than they are and so they find it very suspicious that she keeps throwing parties where she like quote unquote got rid of her furniture in her house um, oh there's also some talk about he had previous jobs before he was a coach at a law firm that was very successful um and one other thing i that i don't remember that was like a that was a pretty you know high paying job so i'm not sure but people are sniffing around for answers and usually when we start sniffing like you know things start to fall apart <laughs> so mm -hmm. keep, keep an eye on that um i uh love heather she for me is like a sleeper hit I love when people I mean, this is like half of what I do on this podcast is make fun of myself for dating people who do insane shit like divorce me for not moving the date of my daughter's baptism for their sister, yes. you know, and so I feel real kinship with her being like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> you know? Well, and how insane is the story she describes going on a date with her husband when they are <laughs> husband and wife to see Scream 3. And there's like a scene with like, oh, a glory hole. There's seen, a scene with a glory hole. He gets up and he's like, I'm leaving. And she's like, okay, seems like a bit of an overreaction. It's funny. And they get home and he withholds sex from her for months to show her that she's like a heathen. And she's telling the story like, so obviously, like, we didn't work out. And I I'm laughing because it's so funny. And and she's telling it in a tone that's that, that like you would tell to me about an ex-boyfriend. Like, isn't it so crazy? I dated this guy who thought this thing. But like. I have to remind myself that the stakes were so high for her and that that was her husband and the father of her children. And that was like the life that she had built yeah. to go to a scary movie <laughs> with this man who would do, who would have that reaction. I was like, that's wild. So for her to, and, and that's like honestly a scarring experience. So for her to be able to tell it in a way that's like, listen, didn't work out was <laughs> I think so cool of her. And I, I also am just, I stand her and everything about her. Yeah. I hope she's finding like a real community in the Bravo space outside of like all the people she's known her whole life because she is doing such a great job on the season. I'm really enjoying it. Um, mm -hmm. And then we have, you know, <laughs> some dancing occurred. <laughs> Uh, some drinking occurred. Um, 
Lisa had one of my favorite quotes about Whitney, uh, you know, showing off her hip hop moves. She said, stop twerking, get off the floor, (laughs) 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 which is like so mean. (laughs) And we also had a really fun shot of Whitney, like basically like pussy popping on a handstand and her husband just like golfing, which was I was just like, these editors are geniuses. I want to hang out with them. I want to hear what they have to say. I know. Um, yeah. What did you What did you think of all the dancing? I thought the dancing was so fun. I was very obsessed. I was moving along with them. I also, I was happy because when I heard that they were doing a hip hop themed party, I was nervous. I was so scared. <laughs> I was really scared. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And then they still had a good time. Were there some cringeworthy outfits? Sure. Yes, left and right. But the the dancing and the fun being had and the cheesiness of it being at like a fun golfing like uh, top golf place was very cool to me. Uh, and they did look like they were having a blast. Also, I love that there's usually like we talked about Robin in Potomac a few episodes ago of like there's just like one housewife who's fucking like busting a move and is feeling herself and is like killing it. It was so many of them so confident that they were doing great. I know. And that I love. I also really enjoyed Jen's husband's reaction to her Beyonce outfit. He was like, what are you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you wearing? Which is so devastating when you spend that much time. I wanted to go to Popeye's. What are you wearing? <laughs> um, yeah. So that, you know, uh, escalated and uh, Meredith. I, so I really enjoy watching Lisa and Meredith get upset because they're so like subdued or or I don't know what the right word is they're so like understated and they don't you know we have Jen who's like flying off the handle and screaming obviously but seeing Meredith just say I'm done engaging in the conversation with a yeah. smile on her face like just walking away I was like I want to be I'm more done like engaging that. in the conversation this is like the new evolution of fighting as a housewife I want to do that kind of fighting now oh yeah <laughs> I think it's I think it's happening because also did you notice that when Jen threw her drink in the middle of said fight she like <laughs> looked to make sure that there was a clear pathway and then threw it directly at the ground yeah um, <laughs> I was like that was choreographed Jen that wasn't an impulsive throw you just wanted to throw a glass tonight and it was a little bit of old school new school housewife fighting I think you're right and I'm here for the like I am not engaging anymore from Meredith Marks and Lisa being just like frazzled and kind of following behind Meredith and a very yeah they're, they're very stoic I think subdued is a good word um and they're still pissed it's not like they're completely deflating the fight which, which I appreciate. Um, they're still very, like, upset, but in a way that is very, like, huffy and puffy instead of explosive. It's just, like, so condescending, and it's really hard to fight with someone who's being very condescending to you. Um, yeah. I also have been trying to figure out this whole time if Jen um, is faking all this shit and, like, doing it up and, and, you know, playing a part, or if she has an anger management issue. And this episode, I feel like, showed us that it's both, right? That's a great, yes, yes, 100%. I would like, like to argue with you, but you're right. If <laughs> <laughs> Wow, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to react to that. Wow, look at me. Um, I wanted a fun debate, but you're 100% right. Because I was about to, I thought you were going to be like, and this shows me that it's 100% like real anger man. And I'd be like, no, there was yeah. so much like, that was theatrical about it. But I think it's, I definitely think it's both. Because she is 
truly pissed, but is is a little theatrical about it. Like, I don't think you go over to your husband and you yank him by the arm and say, we need to get out of here, unless you have a real anger management issue. Because their relationship does not seem like, you know, that's welcomed all the time. It seems like she has, like, a different persona for when her husband's not doing, making his millions coach, assistant coaching a college (laughs) team. (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah, but this was a fun episode. I liked watching Whitney just like not be able to say anything when she was trying to start a fight. Um, Yeah. It was great. It was a lot of fun. She's darling. What do we think about Atlanta this week? Okay. Okay. I said, okay, here's what I think. I think the first episode of the season of Atlanta was Bravo and Bravo doing their best to reflect how the Black Lives Matter movement was affecting the cast and how it would like start to change the show because of those changes. And they, I think, did as good as they could with the tools that they had to do a a smart and uh, a, a Bravo smart, uh, authentic and good pre- premiere that incorporated the Black Lives Matter movement. This most recent episode felt a little bit like now we're doing Bravo meets Black Lives Matter in a way that's not super smart or tasteful. We're just going to incorporate it into the show in the way that you want to see it. So we're going to have a party that sort of has to do with it. And we're going to have some drama that has to do with it. And that is uncomfortable. Although I will say I don't want to put all the blame on the producers because I think that the remarks that Kenya is making about Portia that are like super cruel and like criticizing all of the protesting she's been doing and how she's been doing it do seem to 100% be coming from Kenya. <laughs> and it's and it's shocking. It's really like I don't breathe when those things are happening. So we see Kenya pissed that she gets disinvited to Portia's like we appreciate everything you've been doing uh for Brianna Taylor party and in in her rage starts like really really being mean about Portia's protests and I wasn't breathing it's also just weird and I guess Kenya doesn't know this and that we see this happen all the time where like they'll see who actually disinvited them but Portia didn't disinvite Kenya you know her sister did so it's like I don't know like Obviously, Kenya is Kenya and Portia have a history. I mean, Portia, you know, like tackled her and had to go to anger management. And I mean, she basically assaulted Kenya and Kenya was screaming, you're a dumb hoe, like through a megaphone at her at a reunion. Like they're not. Yeah. They're not okay with each other. No, no. So I don't think that it's a crazy thing to be like, hey, I'm her sister. I may not want you here for this. Um, yeah. But I also see. Like, why she's pissed off. And I thought it was really interesting to see the moment where she turned to producers like, did you guys set me up for this? And she was mm-hmm. pissed. I don't yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that before where we're, like, seeing accusations that this was, like, a fake problem that they wanted to make her look stupid for, yeah, for getting ready. Yeah, because we've seen this plenty of times before. Like, the the – I don't even think it's a word, but I think Bravo made it a word. The disinviting plot right. has been on every show in every season where someone calls someone while they're getting ready and they're like, hey, actually, you're not invited anymore. And they're like, what? That's very – that's super normal. So for us to see in this moment her break the fourth wall, it means she genuinely was, like, very, very shocked and pissed about it. Uh, it's also, I mean, one of the darkest things that she said that is scary for the season moving forward is her being like, well, I thought this was about like black women supporting black women. And it's like, whoa, you're like, 
if you've tackled this person to the ground or this person's tackled you to the ground, it's very, pretty fair if you guys don't want to go to the same party and it doesn't have to be about that. I don't know. Ooh, it's, Ooh. It's, it's complicated. It is very tricky to talk about. <laughs> um, I Yeah, obviously, like, it's Kenya is just... I mean, she just doesn't hold back. You know, she's like a vicious villain, which is why she's lasted this long in this franchise. So I can't discount it. Obviously, it's something that's going to be talked about. Now this is going to be the main feud of the season until someone fucks a stripper, it seems like. So, you know, she knows what she's doing. She's not she's not new to this uh, situation. It's just like, holy shit, guys. Really? Are we really doing this right now? Like, can we please... Just feel good about, you know, everyone's involvement in this movement and then uh, and the fact that it's being talked about on this platform yeah. and then have other drama. Let's like- keep it positive. That's how I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was going to be like, this is so cool. In the background of all of the like normal Bravo drama that you get, we're going to also be showing you like when Portia is getting arrested and everything these women are doing to be like here for the movement. And then we'll also show you when they are just like yelling at each other about bullshit and then to like conflate the two is getting like a little touchy but hey it's uh kenya is fabulous tv and this preview for this next party where she just like yells at portia yeah about not being invited when you're right it wasn't portia's fault is uh i'm i'll admit i'm looking forward to it i will say candy's interviews are giving us a lot of like comedic relief that i yes. really appreciate like her just being like kenya more hair care is so yeah good. <laughs> Um, uh, okay. What do we think? Do you want to talk about 90 Day? Oh, yes. Okay. <sighs> 90 Day, man. I have been defending Brandon's parents in <laughs> so far as I think that they have a right in their home to say where Julia sleeps. I am now, the, the needle has moved a little bit for me because I have to admit, like everybody on the internet and Reddit, that it's feeling so weird that they're demanding she works for free on the farm at like 6 a.m. And it feels a little strange to fly this girl in from Europe and make her feed your pigs. It's strange. But we also get this really, really fabulous conversation that I cannot wait to get your opinion about. So Brandon and Julia go to dinner with said parents and Mama Mullet is like, have you guys set a date? And they're like, yes, we've actually picked May 9th. And they're like, oh, May 9th, May 9th. Um, that's <laughs> not going to work. And they're like, well, it's an important date for us. And it's within the 90 days. And we think that's a special day. So we're going to pick it. It's a Sunday. And she's like, of course it's a Sunday. It's Mother's Day. Oh, no. And they're like, oh, well, we didn't realize it was Mother's Day, but we're still going to do it. And she's like, well, I think with this is a bigger discussion. And they're like, not really. And then she goes, why are you picking May 9th? Why is it so important? And Julia says... The very first message that he ever sent me on Instagram was, hi, I think you're my future wife. And that was on the 9th. So she was like, it does have significance. Like the fact that he sent me this thing and it's on the 9th and it was about being his wife. And now it's actually all coming true. I would like it to be on the 9th. And that's like the only 9th, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, it's just that day. That day is about me. And Brandon looks at her and goes, I don't care. So, <laughs> I love like being creative with how you force people to choose sides without saying you have to choose sides like yeah. that is so fucking genius for me and I bet Julia was like oh that's that's 
tough? Well, I guess she'll just have to get over it. Like, she's punching yeah. back in such a roundabout way. And that is very fun for me. I also love Julia said something like she was like, OK, Mother's Day, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's a day where we like celebrate moms. And she's like, America crazy. You have Mother's Day. You have this day. You have that day. Every day is a day. And I was like, she's right. We had every day. It's like pancake day or like National Step Siblings Day. Like, fucking Julia's not going to care about Mother's Day. And also, it's, it seems like a great day to get. I was like, May 9th sounds like a cute anniversary day. And it's if it's a Sunday and if it's in their 90 day, just fucking do it. Yeah. So I am now, as much as I still am standing with the parents and that they could say who sleeps where in their home that they pay for, the fact that they are like turning here into this like weird indentured servant on their farm and they're controlling her life and they're being super weird and overbearing means in every other category, I am against mullet parents. And it is, it's, it's just really great to watch. I, also, I didn't even mention the creepy grandpa that they had at that. They had a very creepy grandpa who was like checking Julia out, ew, the, out the entire time. It was so I don't gross. Like that. I am the exact opposite of you <laughs> on these <laughs> principles. I think that you're an adult. Let's all be realistic about this. You guys have obviously slept in the same room before. Be respectful. Don't be like all, you know, freaky deaky loud in your parents' house, whatever. <laughs> but sleeping in the same bed, like, come on. Like, you're really, you can't ban people from doing that when they've traveled the world together. However, if you're going to live in their house rent-free, you are welcome to go get another job or you can work where we work, which is on our farm. So how about that? <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I do see the you. optics, though. I see the optics of, like, you know, bringing over sort of, like, a Ukrainian bride and making her work. Yeah. And she's so, and, like, I, she's just so cute because she's just, like, really candid about it. She's yeah. like, I live in city. I dance. I don't feed pigs. I sleep until noon. That's my <laughs> life. And now I wake up at sun and I feed pigs and touch chickens. And I hate it. I also think, what, like, the biggest argument against they're like well you can only sleep in the same bed once you're married is that has like all of these religious connotations to it and like you all admit that she they're getting married strictly in the eyes of the government like like in a 90-day fiance k-1 visa situation you've kind of thrown a lot yeah. of those principles out the window so to suggest like it's not until you sign the papers that you can fuck under my roof is different than like a, a really really religious or even like traditionally catholic family that would be like and then you go through your counseling you like earn the religious right to get married in their eyes and then you could sleep in the same bed so like that's all bullshit now but they're they're just such good fucking tv i'm obsessed with them the other thing about 90 day fiance i don't know which one one i'm happy about one i'm angry about what should i do first um do happy okay happy happy is we've reached a new incredible high on the franchise of this show <laughs> with Stephanie. Stephanie, the professional hula hooper, you guys, is not only supporting her boy boyfriend and his family openly, sending hundreds of dollars a month. For his ego, she also <laughs> called a friend who owns a resort got her boyfriend a quote-unquote job that she is actually paying the salary for. She is paying his salary, you guys, and he doesn't know it. Nothing has been this big and crazy on 90 Day to this extent, financially at least, in the history of the whole show. And it's 
spectacular. Also, it's so good. I feel like the episode where we found out that she fucked his cousin and he doesn't know that either <gasps> oh, happened yes! be- in between our last episode and this episode. You're right, you're right, you're right. Oh my God, thank you. I forgot. How can I forget? She fucked his cousin. She fucked his cousin. She's paying his salary. She's supporting his family. She gives people injections I to help them lose weight. It's an it's the most fascinating person maybe ever on television, people. I am beyond I, I can't I am ugh. she fucked his cousin, Alyssa. It re- it really made me feel like do we think this is the best person to be running a, a medical establishment about yes. injecting stuff into your body? Like, yes. perhaps we should always get a second opinion on everything. That's the exact, that's exactly it. Like, normally somebody who is sort of this lost is not, I don't know, isn't like running a business where people are injecting things into their fucking bloodstream. But people are <laughs> listening to her. And she does look good for her age, I think. But, like, I am... I am really baffled. I think that she's just really checking. Oh, she's she. Somebody give this woman a trophy and yeah. some of her money back. I think it's just truly it's oh, it's the most amazing thing ever. And then on the flip side of this, we talked at the beginning of the pod about how stressful everything is. It has been for a very long time. And I think a lot of things are really coming to a head, especially this week. But lately, I feel like I am having blood pressure issues when I watch Natalie and Mike every Sunday night on my TV and I end up screaming at Natalie in a way that I have to think is some misplaced (laughs) anger and angst and emotion from just everything going on in the world and because it's really really unhealthy you guys Natalie will go on a date with Mike Mike is just this like tired very plain dude trying to get through the week and trying to just make this woman happy. And she is such a grade A bitch. Like, she's a vegetarian and she doesn't drink alcohol. She, he eats meat and does drink like most people. And they've known this their entire relationship. They will He'll take her to a nice restaurant on a Friday night because she's demanded it. And he's like, I just want to take you out. We'll go out. We'll have like a nice nice dinner. Would you like anything to drink? And she's like, no, I want water and hot tea. And he's like, okay, I think I'm going to have just like a glass of red wine. And she's like, oh, you are drinking alcohol in front of me like mess. Not healthy, not good, not good in God's eyes. And he's like, Natalie, I've just worked for a whole week. I just want to have a glass of wine with my beautiful girlfriend. She's like, oh, disgusting. You can't even hold back from me. And she's just taking all of this shit out on him because she doesn't like him and it's so mean and I hate her. And then he'll be like, to the waiter, he'll go like, what's 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 good? What do you recommend? And the waiter will be like, I think our porterhouse is great. And he'll be like, okay, great. I'll have a porterhouse. And the waiter will walk away and she goes, he's going back to kill somebody for you, a life, so you could have dinner murders happening. And he's like, that's not what's happening, Natalie. You know that that's not what's happening. Oh, he man. even She even convinces him like, now that they're living together, to do one week vegetarian and one week meat per month, like to go to alternate. And he's like, I think I can do that, which is so fucking nice. And I was like, don't even fucking do that, Mike, don't. And then the the porterhouse comes to the table and she's like, I thought you said that you would do vegetarian. I'm like, bitch, in the time between he ordered the porterhouse and this (laughs) passive aggressive conversation, she's such a mean, mean, mean ungrateful person i hate her so much and, and in, i oh. in the same breath she's like sitting at home all day with the cat and she's like she bited me again i hate her bitch and it's like <laughs> wait 
wait. I thought you love animals. You just seem to hate everything. I I don't know what to say. Um, she bites me again, bitch. That is really really word for word what she said. That was great. Yeah, she is intolerable. I I I can't. I even enjoy like the scenes with Yari and Jovi. Yeah, Yari and Jovi. Yari and Yara, Yara and Jovi. Oh my god. <laughs> are more fun to me because even though she's also really like ungrateful and awful she is she's more than just that at least sometimes and he's all like they're they're both they're both in on it and as opposed to when I watch Natalie and Mike I just feel like Natalie is torturing Mike and it's costing (laughs) him a lot of money and it makes me feel so angry but I I guess that's also again just some really misplaced energy I don't know if anybody else feels that way wait you had a funny story speaking of because I watch 90 day with Tony and he'll have to like give me breathing exercises when Natalie comes on screen. You watch Salt Lake City fights with Mike the way Mike (laughs) watches the Sixers. Please do tell. Right. So when we're watching basketball, Mike will often pause and rewind and then play, you know, whatever just happened in slow motion and point things out to me um, as like a learning tool. And (laughs) when (laughs) I didn't realize I was doing this, but when we watch Salt Lake City, Sometimes, you know, Michael, like he's watching with me, but sometimes he'll be on his computer just casually, like kind of listening. And last night's episode had so many moments that I was like, wait, 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 did you see that? And so I would pause and go back and I'd be like, watch Lisa's face like as so and so does a handstand over here. And he's like, this is exactly what a like play by play person would do. And you are the Bravo play by play announcer, I guess. It's a learning tool, Mike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, what a wild, no, I'm totally with you. I kind of sometimes feel like 90 day fiance is sort of like watching the prequel to a murder series, but you really like kind of understand why the person murdered the other person, I guess, which doesn't condone murder, but it's just like, (laughs) you really do get like a peek behind the curtain before the murder. (laughs) I would say I I loved the first time we told you about it with, uh, with our episode with Jordan, you just were like, I am not convinced that this show is not dangerous. You're like, this show is so, so dangerous. I still feel this way. I was like, okay, so you live in the woods in Washington with with no friends, no no one to come check in on you, and you're just sort of torturing this guy that's, like, way bigger than you, and I'm very scared for you, and nobody should murder anybody, but, like, holy shit, girl, are you really, like, getting yourself in a tricky dynamic up here? Nobody should murder anybody, but I would help Mike bury the body. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, well... There you before, have it. <laughs> before we get into the the Bachelor segment, which is really fun because there's obviously so much to talk about from this like really wild premiere, uh, I wanted to tell you about the Drag Race premiere. So there's a new season, uh, season 13 of Drag Race, and it's like the classic Drag Race because now there's like a couple of spinoffs where there's like all stars and all of these different things. Uh, and this is the first season with a trans man contestant, and they're super fierce. Uh, her name is Gottmik, and it's like a Ooh. very like cool sort of like the I don't know her makeup is very like avant-garde and almost like a sexy cool crazy clown um and there's like all of these queens I really love this woman Candy Muse is amazing she's like the Brooklyn drag queen of the year and it very much shows and then there's another contestant named Rosé uh and they've been on America's Got Talent and The Voice and is like very much a sort of like reality uh TV veteran and comes in with such confidence and immediately gets knocked down a peg and it's great but 
I had to tell you that <laughs> there is. This was wonderful. There's like Rue plays such fucking mind games with all of the contestants every fucking season. Like does all of these tricks where they're like, you're eliminated and but you're not eliminated, but you're coming back. But now you have to like fight this girl to the death and then you're going to be dancing and singing at the same time. And there's like always some weird twist. So in this season's premiere, he brings in the new contestants who usually all come in at once and they all meet each other and then they do a big group challenge. Brings them in two at a time and immediately makes them do like a, a lip sync battle to the death and one of them just immediately gets eliminated. <gasps> wow. And it's and they're they're under the impression that they're just gonna go in and they do this like entrance and they wear this amazing outfit and it's kind of like they're coming out as a contestant on the show and they're introducing themselves. So there's this one contestant, and they're all in these amazing outfits, like I said, Denali, who is a drag queen and also a figure skater. So when she comes out, she's wearing ice skates because she's under the impression that she's only going to be like walking down the runway and being like, I'm Denali. What's up, bitch? And like some fun tagline. And then immediately is told by RuPaul that she has to do a lip sync battle. And she's in ice skates, Alyssa. Like she's like fully in real ice skates on a regular stage and then has to do an entire song of like dancing and singing with real blades and the entire time I was I like was freaking out because the other queen is also sort of dancing around her and I was like they're gonna cut each other like how is this this even not why aren't they even letting her take them off and like no one really dwelled on it no one was like also good for you for dancing in the ice skates there was one quick talking head of Denali being like well I guess I wouldn't have worn fucking skates oh my god it was just it was fabulous TV. I think it's going to be a really fun season because there's there's always like some like I don't know just these like character tropes that they have to fit where there's like comedy queens and then there's always like some older queens that are like really well known from New York City that like finally come in and get to have like right. a chance on like the national stage and then there's these fashion queens and all these different ones and I I don't hate anyone yet. I like kind of think everybody is really cool. Uh, and what is fascinating to me is that Drag Race had its biggest ratings premiere in the history of the show, which is very exciting. It premiered on New Year's Day, uh, and a fuck ton of people watched it. And did you know that the premiere for this season of The Bachelor with Matt James had the lowest season ratings for The Bachelor or Bachelorette in, like, years? Wow. That's... <laughs> I don't know what to make of that because part of me goes like, is it racism? And part of me goes like, is it because he's a Republican? And part of me goes like, is it because there was a government coup? Like, I don't even yes. know which avenue to talk I about. I think the answer is just yes. I think, yeah, I think there was a lot of things working against. I think there was a lot of things working against this week of, of Matt's premiere. I also think you would maybe know more about this just from like working in TV more deeply than me. But the fact that, they're like ratings aren't uh, reflective of streaming services, right? They factor that in. Um, it's complicated. They do live uh, plus seven and then they will also like look at the streaming numbers. And so probably when someone writes an article about it, I would imagine that they kind of include that in the article, in the viewership overall. Yeah, it's like re- it's hard to know how exactly they calculate everything, but I've been on many TV shows where they're like, look, our live numbers are bad, but our streaming numbers are so strong. We're definitely going to get renewed. And then immediately I lose my job. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, scary. 
I well, and also if I this is some I feel like you're my like I'm your mom asking you questions about the internet. <laughs> okay. If I record a show because I record like The Bachelor, but right. sometimes I'll watch it on if I want to watch it that night. But then if I watch it any day after, I watch it on Hulu, so there's no commercials, right. and I could be lazy and not fast forward. Does the recording of the episode count as me watching? So basically, the way that they calculate it is. There's two numbers that are really important to the network about how well the show is doing, and these are the numbers they usually report on. There's one called live plus three and then one live plus seven. So live plus three is the live rating, so who watched it while it was airing, which is like you know the most flashy uh, sort of approval of your show you can get because they want people to watch things right away. Plus three is who watches it three days after. So that would probably include streaming. I know it definitely includes like uh, playing it on your DVR. And then plus seven is who watches it in the seven days after. Mm. Um, And so I don't know exactly like how they factor in the streaming into that number. But I do know if you record it on your DVR and then you watch it later, that's the plus three and the plus seven numbers. So that's why it's always like when people like the worst thing, like I was on the show, The Mick, and I loved working on that show. It was super fun, and it got, like, very unexpectedly canceled after the second season. And then a bunch of people will be like, oh, my God, I just found the show on Hulu called The Mick, and I love it. I watched the whole season. Like, that actually, like, doesn't help keep shows on the air at all. (laughs) Like, you kind of fucked the show over by not watching it while they were airing each episode because they use those ratings to, like, figure out if people actually are engaged in the show and they will just fucking fire everybody if they don't think the ratings are higher enough so oh my god just what now when season two of dave comes out and we're doing the pod i'm going to be screaming at people to watch it the night of (laughs) (laughs) that's really interesting okay thank you yeah good lesson see people if you fucking learn things on this podcast (laughs) we're fucking (laughs) teaching you shit uh should we get into our bachelor segment because it's so fun um all right well we have alex and sarah franklin who are sisters who are from pennsylvania as well um from philly the philly area they are bachelor experts they have their own podcast called trust trust the bachelor process um we've done a couple crossover pods with them before and they had a lot of good insight on matt james this season and like sort of the history of choosing someone who's not been on The Bachelor before. And we're doing a a new bracket with them. (laughs) And I don't know why we thought that would be a good idea. I feel like we're going to get our asses kicked. But um, (laughs) it's going to be interesting for sure. (laughs) Love for me is about the heart. And there's not a color you can put on that. It's hot in here. (laughs) Matt is like the most gorgeous man I've ever seen. He just keeps getting hotter. Just like, yum, daddy. Everything you shared about your family are the qualities that I'm looking for in a woman. Welcome, guys. How are you? Oh, we're so good. Thank you so much for having us. Um, How do we feel about generally Matt as The Bachelor? And then I was listening to your guys' podcast, and I feel like you know some things that I don't about the history of... Uh, people who have not been contestants on the show before being named Bachelor. Could you give us some background on that? And I also sound like a, a reporter because I've been watching so much news. <laughs> I'm trying to break out of this tone of voice. But uh, back to you, Alex Franklin. <laughs> out here in Koreatown, uh, California. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, so back in the day, back way back when, uh, when The Bachelor was first conceived, um, it was very much uh, 
they would position the lead as like the person who could give you a really good life. Somebody who has an excellent job, somebody who's handsome, somebody, you know, who has a house possibly um, where you can (laughs) bury your children. Um, And I think it was like it was the package that was being offered. So Alex Michelle, he was like this ex-Harvard grad, hedge fund guy. Um, I think the guys after that was like a Firestone heir. They would just pick these like very well-to-do guys who not only were they single, but their lifestyle was a catch. And then from then on, I think they figured out wisely uh, that the formula actually works better when you're able to pick somebody from the previous season because you're more emotionally invested in their journey. Uh, which is what ended up mattering to viewers rather than the lifestyle that that person could potentially offer these women. And what are our initial feelings about Matt so far? Uh, Mostly pro. Um, Sarah? Yeah, I really like him. And I've got like a big crush on him as a bachelor. I just am like, I'm I'm very pro Matt. (laughs) This is definitely the most crushy bachelor we've had in a while. I I think Mm. the only, my only reservations are actually kind of similar to Tasha. I just hope he loosens up a little bit and we get a little bit more of his personality. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Alyssa and I are about to go hard because we don't like him. We really (laughs) don't like him at all but this is great you're actually not the first people that have said this to me so okay why don't you like him if if just to keep it in the zone as like as a bachelor i can agree that he is he is obviously hot but i have to pull a mike levin and say i think a lot of it has to do with him being so tall and second i think that you're right. He has a lot of guards up. He does seem like he needs to loosen up a little bit. I think he fe- he just like feels a little a little false to me and more importantly he feels not super motivated. Like we've seen people on the bachelor both as the bachelor or bachelorette and as contestants that seem sort of scared but like but like ready and he doesn't seem super scared he doesn't seem super hyped he doesn't even seem like he wants to open up that much it seems like he's like here for a good time so that all of that i don't really love um and he's a Republican, so that sucks. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, how Wait, do we know that? Do you guys not know this? Oh my god! Uh, I, <laughs> I'm like, honestly like we have shocked his voting that Taylor said that. I really, really thought we were gonna like just sort of like breeze past it. But I'm I, so will, I was to going to, <laughs> but it's a part of it. So I won't. I think that like I like talking about him just as like in the context of the show, which I think is important. But if right. but to contextualize our opinion, it would be unfair to not also include that he there's been a lot of stories about him being a registered Republican. I don't know how and if he votes. I like st- I try to stop going down the rabbit hole because it bums me out. There are a lot of dark theories about like the actual franchise trying to replace uh, Rachel as one of yeah. their like quote unquote unofficial spokesmen or so- somewhat official because she does their podcast um, because she's like very outspoken and very liberal and they think that perhaps or they the theory is that they would suspect Matt would be like less of those things. Um, this so it's like a big dark part of the of the whole thing that I don't love going down, but is some uh, is also a factor. I yeah. There was a Vanity Fair article, too, since we've talked about this, that said that he is now unregistered. He's like not he's not affiliated with either party, which is just like, 
I don't even know. It's just the wrong way to handle the whole thing. So he clearly knows about what's happening, and he's, like, not speaking out about anything. He did today say he that did. he was not it, for what happened at the Capitol. So at least we know he's not, you know. He's not a QAnon. A QAnon. Yeah. yeah. Not really where the bar should be. But <laughs> No, right. Agreed. So... So Rachel has said that Bachelor Nation, when I say Bachelor Nation, I mean like the insiders, like our past contestants and and leads do not like him. Ooh. Like they're like he's not well liked amongst them. And, and do we know why? No, I really, really don't. And like she didn't necessarily like shed a lot of light on it, it other than he thinks he's not necessarily owed this, but just like if you're Tyler Cameron's best friend, like then you can just kind of get whatever you want. Okay, that's sort of that's okay. That is sort of what I'm picking up on. Then I guess is that that is his energy in a nutshell. Is that he did seem sort of like he deserved that first night, and like sorry, no one deserves 33 beauty queens coming out of a limo for you. Like you don't, you don't. And he just has he seems like kind of aloof about it, and like kind of cocky, but in sort of a sleepy way um so i think and if and i wonder this is very high school but i wonder if part of the official bachelor nation as you call it would be like you haven't paid your dues even like you haven't right. even do- been a contestant you haven't been through the shit that most of us in at least recent years have had to do in order to receive the benefit of being the bachelor or bachelorette you haven't even done that and you're already being a dick about it it also like, just appears that he like hasn't watched the show like he didn't do his homework he was like talking to himself out loud multiple times in a very bizarre way like I, I I'm kind of shocked that they left it in because it really takes you out of the show and like at one point there was a girl walking up the stairs and he was like you know what you, when you just meet someone and you just have no idea what to say to them I'm like who are you talking to nobody's <laughs> listening to you and the producers are not on screen it just I don't well, know to be name. fair Claire did that we don't like we don't like Claire we don't either. like Claire either <laughs> <laughs> right, but if he like watched the last season, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he, I think he does. He is a little bit arrogant. I think he's very aware of like his effect on women. Um, so residual, also of being like a collegiate athlete who's used sure. to being worshipped. Yeah, yeah. That, like, that's so, so true. true. Matt is not gonna find his wife. Among the, I mean, he's going to date her for a little bit and, you know, they'll break up in six months. But in no world is he getting married. Like, he, he has, like, so many years left of playing the field in him. He's not tired mm-hmm. yet. I do think, though, that this is going to be a good season. I, yeah. I am excited about it. For sure. That's what I mean. I feel like when someone doesn't know what to do on the franchise, it, it's chaos, which is great. You know? Yes. Oh, yes. I think you're right. I think it creates, like, a, yep. And an atmosphere of chaos, which is like kind of fun because everyone starts to like lose their minds and they're not sure why. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, I just I have I've been so excited to talk about this moment with you guys. Is has there been a funnier and weirder moment than watching all of the women react to his prayer? Oh my god! <laughs> it was a collective coup. Okay, I think I'm the only person other than the women in the room that liked the prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when you're hot, you can do whatever you want. It wasn't that I was like moved by the fact that it was a prayer. I just found it to be like it it was new. It was different. It excited me. (laughs) 
Yeah, I almost I can't really knock the prayer at all, but I can certainly knock the all of the women basically speaking in tongues. They were so into it. Like the few women that like just burst into tears and everybody was like competing to be the most moved. Like just be chill about it. Like I can't but it was so wonderful. That was such a good kickoff moment to the season to have all of them together and all of them react in such an absurd and theatrical way. I was like, ugh. Just loving every minute of it. Do you guys think that this group of women is like one of the more beautiful group of women we've ever seen? One million percent. Okay, I said that too, but then I feel like I say that every season. I feel like I get mm. tricked every season into thinking they're trolls or something from their photos, and then I see them yes. around, and I'm like, they're beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Okay, it is the same thing. Like every time that they like release all of them, I'm like, oh my god, where they find these girls? The <laughs> mall? And then like, night one, I'm like, oh no, they're they're perfect angels. They're almost unrecognizable when referring back to their casting photos when creating these brackets that we'll talk about because I would watch them on TV and then look back at the casting photos and be like, these are different women. Like, I can't even spot who this is. What is their name? Because the photos are not flattering. And these girls are breathtaking. Every time they come out of the limo, I gasp. And then Tony will look at me like I'm choking. And I'm like, she's just stunning. She's sparkling and gorgeous. I was watching this like, I need to get lip injections ASAP. <laughs> like, I do not look pretty. If this is what pretty is, like, holy shit, am I behind? Like, we need to get back to society. <laughs> who does everyone, who is everyone's hottest girl? Like, hottest, mm. just in a vacuum, no personality, just hot. I think it's a, a little tie for me between, I think, like, coming out of the limo and throughout the episode, even though she cried after the prayer, Rachel was, like, sparkling <laughs> to oh, me. I gorgeous. thought she really, every time she came on screen, I was like, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. And then I also think Brie is, like, breathtaking. So it's a, yeah. it's a little tie for me right out of the gate. I know we're taking, like, the personality out of it, but Brie and Rachel, I think. And it's and that's saying something because I think all of them are so hot. Like to pull off a green silk, like floor length gown, you have to be really pretty. Yeah, you have um, to be like part fairy. Sleeper hit for me, which I don't think overall is the hot, like conventionally the hottest woman, but like the type of hottness that I really value. MJ, I mean, mm. oh my god. Yeah. Her hair and her open back dress. I was like, how do I just transform into whatever that is? <laughs> MJ MJ is the girl's girl like I think I know we're gonna get to our brackets but like I feel like she's gonna make it kind of like to the middle and then I think she's gonna be like best friends with all the girls and then like and then like week six or something we'll like see her go home or <laughs> I know and, we'll, we and it'll just and like she'll never have had like a one-on-one or something but she's like best friends with all of them <laughs> yeah I totally see that. I also kind of get uh, Becca from Ari's season vibes where I think she's just kind of she seems really this is from the two seconds I've seen of her. She seems pretty cool and grounded. She seems a little smart. She seems slightly like she's on the wrong show. Like she has such a cool grounded vibe. And I do hope that she goes far because I like her personality and I want to follow her on Insta forever like I do Becca. I couldn't get past (laughs) Chelsea's body. Um, Yeah. And her dress. It was just unbelievable. But um, face-wise, I thought Serena P. had, like, the most beautiful face I think I might have ever seen. So the overall vibe, I don't know about for you guys. For me, and maybe this is just because we went from trying to figure out what a woman would be into. And I can, you know, use 
my own personal experiences with dating to figure that out um, to what this guy that we like don't know anything about is going to be into. I had a really hard time determining like who normally I feel like there's a collective like safe picks. These people will probably go pretty far and maybe there's a few discrepancies. And this I feel like is the Wild West. Did you guys feel that way when you were doing your bracket? Yeah, 100%. I think it, it got down to I couldn't necessarily tell who he was connecting with versus who he wasn't, other than obviously Abigail because they kissed. So it was like who got the most airtime. It almost sort of came down to like a mm. like a first episode strategy because I was just like, I don't it, everything feels like a blank slate right now. Yeah, it was real blind picking. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel similarly. I um, I also, a lot of times I watch, you know, the like, oh, here's what's to come on this season of The Bachelor. Right. And even on that teaser, it's all new women that supposedly enter like mid-season or something. So that wasn't even helpful. I'm really curious. We talked a little bit about we are just going to like move forward with our bracket as as usual and then kind of roll with the punches as they come and see in what context and how many girls are added into the mix. I'm so curious, even outside of our personal competition, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe he's like, what if he tells the producers he's just like not super into any of these girls and then they <gasps> they just like send in these like savior last minute girls <laughs> and also because of covid where are they living what's the story why do they have backup girls in the first place because but i i just have a sneaking suspicion that suspicion that that's the case especially if we think that some of the new girls go far what do you guys think that would be so cool if that's what it was like, if he's like, I don't like anyone, bring me more. <laughs> <laughs> but what if he doesn't like them? Then what does he do? He has to just roll with it? God. Like, how can, like, the hottest guy in the world have, like, all of the hottest women? Like, the, it, there will always be more hot girls. I don't know how you... Maybe that's the problem. Maybe there's too mm. many. It's, mm. like, decision paralysis. <laughs> um, do you guys know the backstory with Heather I don't know anything about it I think she just is Hannah Brown's best friend or one of them and Hannah and Matt James are friends from the quarantine crew right in Florida and she was just probably like texting with her and was like you should go <laughs> the, the scene of her at the gate and Chris Harrison being like Heather what are you doing here? You could ruin I this know. whole thing for Matt James. It's so disgusting to me. I'm like, don't even show that. Obviously, that should be on the cutting room floor, you guys. Just show her walking into the cocktail party. Lose that scene. She is gonna. She's going to be there for like six hours. Like, it's yeah, not going to last yeah. long. Yeah, I do not buy that at all. I was like, don't even try me, editors. I fucking know this doesn't last. All right, let's get into, you know, who we all picked top three for our bracket and, you know, kind of the background of what we're thinking here. Who wants to go first? Mm, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go. I'll go. Okay. I'm uh, not confident in it. It's so funny because, like, we were so excited to do a bracket. We were, like, so excited to invite you guys to do it. So pumped you said yes. And then the second I sat down to do it, I was like, why did we do this? Yeah. Why would? Why did we do this? We're, we're, doing, <laughs> we're going into this blind bracket with this guy we know nothing about with fucking experts. We're going to be destroyed. That being said, here's my top three I'm so confident about. Okay. So I picked Rachel, who spells it like a crazy person. Mm -hmm. R-A-C-H-A-E-L. Rachel. 
Uh, obviously, I, I she took my breath away the first night. I, I think that the way we see the clip of her in the trailer being like, I don't, I think about color in every way you can think about color, and so that suggests to me that she kind of goes far. And she cried at the prayer, and she's super hot. So that's my logic. And she seems like her vibe in general seems sort of like a girl who just books the top, like at least a hometown or something. I don't know. She seems pretty cookie cutter to me. Uh, then I picked Abigail because she had that great moment in the first uh, episode. I absolutely love her. I think she's darling. I I wanted to see what you guys felt about this kiss. We could get into it. But I, when I watched it, I thought it was, like, really romantic. And he was, like, overcome with wanting to kiss her. And that's why he kissed her. And then I was texting a friend about it. And she was like, Taylor, he just ran out of things to talk about. Oh, so no. then he kissed her because he <laughs> felt weird. And I haven't brought myself to rewatch the scene because I don't want that, I like, ideal romance to be shattered for me. But she's in my top three. And then my last one is my random sort of dark horse that I just had to pick in. I put in Brie. I love her. I don't know much about her yet. She had a cool bio um, and she's super stunning. And that's I just wanted to do something interesting and spice it up. So that's my logic of my top three. I agree. I have Rachel and Abigail as well. Um, I did rewatch the episode because the first time around, I didn't know if we were going to do an episode this week. (laughs) And when I watched the kiss with Abigail, it seemed really sweet. And they seemed like they just were very comfortable with each other. Phew. Um, And so, (laughs) and if he, I swear to God, if the editors gave her this much airtime in the fucking first episode and she doesn't go all the way, I'm going to fucking stop watching this show because I'm tired of being hoodwinked by these people. Um, (laughs) And then I was going to choose Brie because I always feel like the first girl out of the limo is a safe bet. Um, But... Serena P is in the trailer so many fucking times. She's yeah. in way more than anybody else. And I just wanted to like hedge my bets against being in a tie. I, I have a very similar, like maybe a, like a, if both of your brackets got married, um, top three. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I actually did not put Abigail in my top three. I do think she's going to go far. And I do, I, I did watch that kiss many, many times because it gave me some feels. <laughs> Um, and I totally believe in that moment being real and genuine. However, I think Matt is somebody who is drawn to people with like a, you know, a compelling life and maybe one that looks different than his. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's ultimately what he wants. I think he wants simple. That is my mm-hmm. guess. He's not going to mm-hmm. want anybody with like a ton of depth and life experience. I think he ultimately, he's probably the kind of guy who wants to just slot somebody into the life that he's established on his own um which is ultimately why and and like i want to think that hot people who are as hot as matt like do want depth like abigail um but i just don't have that kind of faith in humanity um so ultimately she did not make the top three uh but brie did um he just really seemed overcome with her beauty um and uh rachel did same reason and then Serena P was my third pick. And ultimately, I think she just gives me sort of like a, she's the kind of hot that you can also see like settling down soon. Like she's hot, but I can also <laughs> see her like settling down. Like she just feels sort of wifey to me. Mm-hmm. And they like really did seem comfortable with it, like with each other. And, you know, they, she I like that she kind of razzed him. I think... You know, when he made a chess move that was wrong. Like, I think ultimately, like, he like he wants to be, like, 
challenge, but not in a real way. Right. More in like a teasing way. So that is why I picked those three. Yeah, like she wa- he wants to like play pretend like she's uh, this is such a not a nice thing to say about a woman but like uh, not just gonna like ask for an allowance the second they get married and like never work and just have babies and I think she's like the perfect amount of like no I have a life and then it's like but I'm willing to give it all up you know immediately (laughs) basically That's a lot of them, honestly. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so I also had Abigail and Rachel, and I think I was probably just because, yeah, that's who got the most screen time. That's who we saw him connect the most with, and I just kind of clung clung to that. I immediately put Abigail going all the way to final two, but knowing I wasn't going to pick her for the win, I just see it being like I think. What you said, Alex, like he wants to want to pick her, but he he's ultimately not going to. Um, I think that she like might like I think she's absolutely going to be a fan favorite, maybe Bachelorette. I don't know, but I she's going to go far. So I had her there and then I had Rachel for all the obvious reasons. And then I picked Kristen for two reasons. One, I really liked her. I liked her little like hometown package that we saw. And she's from Virginia Beach. And I feel like the Virginia Beach girls always mm. go far. I don't know what it is about True. them. Wow. But they always go far. I kind of regret not picking Kayla because it seems she oh, seems like her. she is like will make him very comfortable in a way that Tasha kind of did on Colton season, um, even though we don't uh, we don't condone Colton season anymore. <laughs> but th- that role of like, hey, like. I'm the cool girl that you can kind of confide in and I'm not going to make you feel bad about like whatever we do in the fantasy suite. I'll talk you through like who you really like that sort of thing. I get that vibe from her, but I don't know. It seemed like it seemed like a bad bet not to put Serena P in there because she seems like a real. I know. I think you're right. I if it was me picking, I think I'd pick Kayla like for myself. Yeah, (laughs) like I really liked her. Yeah, because I, I ended up putting her in my top four for the same reason that you're saying right now. I was wondering how far she went in your bracket, Kayla. Oh, I don't know. I got overwhelmed and then just started putting names <laughs> down. <laughs> uh, I put her week Me six. Me too. I think Sarah goes home week six because I think this is terrible, but there's always one person on the show where it's like you hear so much about like how Demi's mom is in prison and it's like really touching and that's why they stay around for so long and then The Bachelor has to go like, Oh, but like, do I really want to put her through putting that mm, on na- yeah. like national television if I'm not actually intending to pick her? And this has been great TV and like, okay. bye bye. I, I hate logic. I, I can he- have her in my hometowns. God damn it. No, Taylor, I think that you. Okay, here's the thing with Sarah, though, because Alyssa, you are right. But also, as we've talked about, Matt is new to this and they don't give yeah. a lot of honestly decision making power to newer people like he's new in the whole franchise and I think that they are I think this season is like his picks are going to be very very produced because I don't think he's going to know who he wants to pick like every Mm. single week and I think he's going to be pushed so I think Sarah I have Sarah going to hometowns I think that she's actually a safe bet for that reason She's in the trailer a lot, too, crying. 
So <laughs> yeah, but a lot like of them cry like far. on like the well. A lot of them I cried know. at this prayer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I also think that she Mostly. has a two-on-one with Victoria, and that freaked me out a little bit because then I was like, oh, <gasps> what if they both go home? But I, I have to admit that obviously Victoria has got to go home, and probably not Sarah. I think he's going to drive with Sarah. I think she's going to go really oh, far. Yeah. God, I hope so. She's in my hometowns. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I watch these trailers the whole time. Like I'm at war with the editors and I'm like no you're not gonna fucking get me with someone saying they might be falling in love again because it doesn't necessarily mean they could be crazy and could be sent home early okay it's so true yeah the whole process of filling out the bracket was just that and I honestly think it's unhealthy for us to do these brackets Um, what do you guys think about the sex worker conversation that's going to come up <laughs> next week that is definitely going to be problematic? I know. I can't tell who the girl is that they're talking about. I feel like it's either a new girl or the girl that came in in lingerie because she, like, works in clubs, you know? Ultimately, whatever it is, like, I, I'm having a lot of anxiety about it coming up on the show. Because- I know. <laughs> Like, I think we're probably all in the same camp that, like, sex work is work. And to position it as a way to shame another lady and, like, for the show to kind of lean into that as, like, a scandal makes me so uncomfortable that I don't, like, it's hard to even comment on it because I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong. For Mm. sure. I would love if they all came, if, like, they all had to sit down and have a conversation with uh, Daddy Chris Harrison again and be like, what do we think about consent? <laughs> like they did with Corinne on like Bachelor in Paradise and be like, what do we, sex work is the oldest profession in society and we respect them. <laughs> like that would be amazing. Just educate Bachelor Nation. There on is that. something so so hypocritical about the women on the bachelor gathering to point yeah. <laughs> fingers at another woman for supposedly being an escort like girls <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah that's a that's a very good point <laughs> right at the end of the day we are all selling ourselves to make money like if you are on this show yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm okay. Like, come on, guys. But I, yeah, I'm dying to know who it's about because it, the way that it's, the way that it's edited, the 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 voiceover of being like, I don't know. I've heard the term sugar baby thrown around. The footage is on Sarah coming out of a hot tub, and she's she Who's Sarah that? is the one who she's an anchor, and then she took oh. time off. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one, yeah, the one that I said is going home. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. So that can't be the wow. case because that's got to be some trailer trickery. But I thought that that was an interesting choice that they made. So well, she was very unassuming. It's a very unassuming choice. Have any of you guys ever been propositioned on Instagram by sugar daddy? I would love to be a sugar baby. You yeah, guys. I wish. Honestly, if I wasn't gonna get murdered, my God, I would be a sugar baby. Hundred so percent. I got one that was just like, "Hello, my sweet darling. I will." pay you five hundred dollars um uh to like uh to be nice to me all i ask is that uh you have all i ask is for your loyalty and i like was single at the time this man was like 80 and i was like i don't know 500 bucks a week like we're in the middle of the pandemic like (laughs) i don't have to see him i just have to be nice to him and loyal to him yeah, that's tempting AF. I yeah, got one. Definitely. I got one. I'm pretty sure I shared with you, Alyssa, that was this guy who was like, 
Hey, wanted to see if you uh, were interested in being my sugar baby. No physical touch. And I've worked with a lot of rising stars before. So I'll be coy oh about my God. it. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I was like, rude, I'm yeah, a star. I, like, I am a star. <laughs> yeah, rising. Hello. Oh, my God, I've never been um, propositioned for this before. I feel so upset. <laughs> yeah, me too, Sarah. I No one has ever offered me any no. money for my affection. I've just been giving it for free. Yes, I, <laughs> I know. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm really short or something. Hard to cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm choosing to believe it's because my Instagram is private. So. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm super public. Like, you can find me anywhere on the internet. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, essentially asking for it. <laughs> it's never happened. <laughs> um, two people I just wanted to highlight, and I want to hear if there's anyone else you guys, like, want to keep an eye on this season. I love Anna. I don't think she's going to go very far, but anyone who's a copywriter by day and a bartender by night and is a, as anxious and talking about getting a rash, like, as much as she is, I'm like, that's me. That's me on The Bachelor for <laughs> sure. So I uh, really – I have a lot of respect for her hustle. And then um, Kit – who is listed as a fashion entrepreneur, I found out that she is uh, famous designer Cynthia Rowley's daughter, which I feel is very sneaky of her to just be like, oh, yeah, I'm a fashion entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, okay. I actually, I, I agree. I like Anna. And I don't, I don't dislike it. I, Alex and I were talking about this. I just think maybe she's going to be like a splash in the beginning, like a big deal in the beginning, and then just kind of fade into the background and she'll just kind of like disappear somewhere in the middle. It's like kind of how I yeah, feel it's going to happen. But I think she's fine. Like I, the thing is, for anyone that seemed even slightly annoying, it was so overshadowed by Victoria that I'm just like, all of them seem great. <laughs> yeah, you could have just yeah. let Kit be the villain. Like, she had so yeah. much very cliche and fun bitchiness in her. Kit, to me, seems like she loves cocaine. That's, like, Kit's yes. personality to me. It just seems like she's, like, a big cokehead. She's this girl from New York who likes wearing feathers. And she seemed super bitchy. And I was like, if we didn't have this, like, fucking UCB plant in here, we could have enjoyed <laughs> Kit for her. <laughs> yeah, and, I, oh, that's a good point. Sorry. And there could have been a better one, I think. <laughs> like, I feel like Victoria was like really going big and simultaneously sort of mailing it in. And I was like, do we still need plants like this? I think we could trust the process. There I go, being meta. Mm. But you could, right? Girls are gonna be girls are gonna be crazy. So I, let it be. Did you guys see Victoria's makeup at the end of the rose <laughs> ceremony? Oh, it was a very sweaty, melty mask. It was really she bad. Was so <laughs> she was just so so drunk, so drunk. Yeah. The thing about her is like, and this is a universal rule that is not nice. You're not pretty enough to be acting that way to these girls, <laughs> you know. So I don't understand why they're all sort of succumbing to your. Shittiness. That's my only favorite thing about her, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love that energy. I love that she's like fucking rolling with the big the MVPs. I don't know. <laughs> right, because fair, otherwise fair, we might fair. not remember her, but she's just like if I'm not going to win and she knows that she's not, I got to make a freaking splash. Like it's it seems like she's playing to her strengths in a way that I appreciate. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, she's not letting all these beauty queens, like, make her feel small. She is just, like, she is acting like a real star. Do I think she's super annoying? Of course. But that's, like, the one thing I like about her is that (laughs) she's just so annoying to all of these girls. And they're letting her get under their skin, which which is funny, I suppose. So it's good TV. What do you guys think should be... Okay, so we've talked about... I have to post an embarrassing photo of me coming out of the water like Tasha in the pool with a red swimsuit <laughs> because I lost the last bracket. Do you, what do you do? You guys have any ideas about what the loser for our bracket should do when they lose? And it's probably me, so be kind. <laughs> I'm worried about you though. Isn't it cold? Oh yeah, to I come get out to, of the I'm, pool. I'm, I'm holding until I have access to a warmer pool. And there's yeah, not, yeah. you know, people aren't, like, dying in the streets in Los Angeles. I think I could pause for that. But I do. I'm a woman of my word, and I have to do it. So that sucks for me. But <laughs> what should we do for this time around? Oh, man. It's hard. I'm, like, like immediately you said the pool, and I was just, like, I don't know. Are we going to have to, like, go on live in our laundry and have our fans pick out our clothes? Oh, oh my god. god. Oh, who has lingerie, Alex? Wait a second. <laughs> Some of us have been with our boyfriends for almost six years and there's no lingerie to be found. So. <laughs> so what if we pick like a, you know, we can replicate an, a moment from the season, like, mm. you know, bad pitch wedding photo, photo shoot or something they do, boxing Something embarrassing like yeah. that. What do you the think? The loser gets to get punched in the face by the other three. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> no. Okay, I like this idea of, yeah, we'll just keep our eyes peeled about what could be the funny and embarrassing thing that we have to do. Because I'm sure there's going to be a plethora of things to choose from in the episodes moving forward. Yeah. Um, all right. Any other thoughts about this season before we wrap up? Just that I'm I'm so excited and I'm and I'm it feels like a really great way to start off 2021. Um, it's been yeah. a rough ride, you know, these past eight days, but I, I, <laughs> I have high hopes for the future. Amen. Get it? It can only get better from here, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Everybody definitely listen to Trust the Bachelor Process podcast with the Franklin sisters. Where can they find you, you guys? Wherever you get your podcast, um, and like you, like I said, public on Instagram. <laughs> Attentional sugar daddies, <laughs> come to slide into the DMs. <laughs> Can't tell you how public my profile is. I'm literally so easy to find. <laughs> <laughs>